I see an opportunity here, Cookie. What? Uh, nothing. So, no, what, <laughs> I, you say you... No, I just... You, see you can make some money off of this. You should... Have you tried? That's a great idea. I should start at patreon.com slash moving screen. That's a great idea. Maybe I should subscribe. Maybe. Maybe if I'm enjoying watching this later, I should subscribe. And hopefully this doesn't come back to bite us in the end of the podcast. And then we have to remember to die at the end of the show. Okay, yeah. Or have someone kill us. That sounds great. Okay, cool. <laughs> podcast where we talk about basketball this is season two we're not just talking about basketball movies are you kidding me it's season two this is season two huh. 10 episode seasons oh the first 10 episodes are about basketball movies now it's, it's not just about basketball movies it's also about whatever movies i want to talk about okay and this season's all about a24 and it's a24 movies Oh, that's good to know. Yeah. I didn't know why you sent me the list of movies. <laughs> yeah, it's season two. It's A24 movies. I'm excited. Uh, you said, this, what does this have to do with basketball? Everybody I've been talking to has been like, here's a bunch of basketball movies I think you should talk about. And I'm very grateful for it. Please keep sending them my way because I'm going to do more basketball movies. Yeah. But it's not just basketball movies. That'd be very limiting for myself. It would be. There's only so many. Uh, and yeah, we're gonna talk about A24 movies. I don't know if this is gonna be the, f this is the first episode I'm recording for the A24 series. I don't know if it's gonna be, I don't know if it's gonna be the first one I put out. I don't know if people are dying to listen to a podcast about First Cow. The audio like, could be so poor that it could take you all the way to the, la the end of the season. True. For this that's true, it could take out. me years. This could, could be the, the crazy episode that people talk about all the time. You'd have to bring me back to Chicago to re-cut yeah, re and I'll do pay some for your ADR. Flight. Um, but yeah, this is A24. I'm Richie Owens, and I'm here with my friend, my guest, Brad Menchel. That's How me. you doing, my guy? I'm good. Um, I'm excited to talk about this movie. I really like it. I'm excited to be in Chicago with my friend talking about a movie about friends. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I guess I should have started this podcast off with like a title screen and a poem about friendship yeah isn't it like a bird has a nest a man friendship a bird a nest a spider a web man friendship is how i think first the first time i watched it i completely forgot that that was the kind of opening bit and i was like i feel like this movie might be more than about friendship. I agree. <laughs> and then watching it a second time, I was like, no, that's okay. It's okay if that's all you think it's about. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, on the Uncut Gems episode, which is an A24 movie, but it's also about basketball, so I've already talked about it. Okay. Um, 
my friend Andrew, uh, I was like, oh, the Softy brother said that Howard is the gem. And he's like, I disagree with that. Uh, and they're the directors. They made the movie, but they can... I guess you can decide whatever yeah. you want. You can disagree with, with the creators of something made. Yeah. It's disrespectful. Uh, yeah. And I think, he, I think Andrew's a bad person. Uh, I think the Softy brothers are morally good. Uh, I should have practiced ahead of time, huh? No. That's, I think that's part of the charm of the show. We start off, the show has sort of three segments. We started off by uh, just shooting around and shooting the shit. Okay. That's what we say. Okay. Uh, and then we're going to play a game to ten. Okay. Pickup game. And then we're going to play a version of Horse. Okay. That's uh, sort of themed with the movie. So it's going to be cow. It's going to be three letters. Yeah. It's a short game. <laughs> yeah. I was... Uh, gonna save that surprise for later but i'm sorry yeah it's pretty obvious <laughs> i already did a wolf for teen wolf so um what is uh before we sort of get into the movie what's your like basketball history what's your sports history um <laughs> you're obviously really good i uh i was i'm okay at sports um I don't have a mind for um, organ like sports watching because I can't keep stats like that in my head for some reason. Um, but I don't know if you need to keep stats in your head to watch sports. No, but I, I don't know. People are like, "Oh, that's so and so." I have like, I wish I knew who that guy was, <laughs> sure. and I recognize his face and that number. I just don't. Yeah, I mean, I, you're I don't... not like you're not bad at uh, <laughs> like remembering wrestlers and stuff. When we watch that's wrestling. fair. Yeah, but that, I, I guess I care Ward about that Lowe a lot in more. A coffee shop. And that's more like watching a play than anything else. Well, what um, is life but a grand play? I played um, little league baseball for sure. many years. Me too. Um, I was on the Mariners, actually. That's true. Wait, what? I was on the Mariners. That's a that's a fact. I was on um, the Twins, and we were. It was like a full underdog story. We were absolutely the, the worst in the league, and we won, and we beat the team wow. that like. It was second graders, but the people were actually buying them, like, bat bags with Phillies logos on them. Sure. Um, so, like, that, that <laughs> yeah, team, yeah, there's yeah. always the one where they, they, all the parents want to go way in. And we were by far the worst. And, of course, we even got the kid from out of state who came partway through the season who happened to be the best person in the entire league. <laughs> so we even had that trope. But I kind of stopped playing pretty soon after that because once I started getting older... I think I started grasping my own mortality and seeing a fast ball going by you. Um, even if you knew it wasn't going to hit you, I would freeze. Yeah. I just wouldn't swing the ball, the bat anymore. So uh, I switched to cross country, and I kind of haven't really done that's sports safer. since. That's like a, that's sort of teaching you to run away. Yeah, I think it's smart. It's a sport for cowards in a good way. Yeah. I, do you ever, did you think about that? Were you like, I need to train myself? Uh, since I know I'm aware of death, I need to train myself to have endurance to run away from any sort of danger? No, but... Um, but I, I'm making I, a good point. I think you are. I think... Uh, <laughs> it's, when, I mean, everybody on my cross-country team in high school was, like, very skinny and kind of, like, dweeby. And then they became the fastest people in the world. I think... That's kind of how I saw myself. I know that, like, throughout my youth, when I was running, 
Whenever people would be like, oh, I'm scared, are we in a dangerous situation? I'd always be like, yeah, but I can run the fastest out of any of you, so, <laughs> so I'm going to be fine. fine. Um, there's a confidence that comes from that. There's of like, course. From all sports, I think. Yeah. Cross country was the thing for me that I was like, there's a bunch of stuff as a kid that I don't feel like I'm good at, you know, socializing, etc. Yeah. And I'm going to pick the one or two things that I know I'm good at, and that's going to be where I pull every bit of my self-confidence from. Yeah, absolutely. I get that. I never um, really had that in high school. You didn't? No. What did you do a sport? You were in cross country. Yeah, I was on too? I was on track. I wasn't on cross country. I can't run distance. Uh, I did wrestling. I did What else? I was the manager for the bowling team. I didn't make the team. You had a school bowling team? Yeah. That's you just like went to the local bowling alley and like bowled there. Like it wasn't like my school had a bowling oh, okay. alley in it. It still feels very Chicagoland. Yes. Um, I, there's one time my uh, late uncle Bob, my dad's uncle, uh, great man, uh, was like at my house for like a party or something, and uh, he was just like, "Oh, the Oak Forest bowling team's doing pretty well," and he didn't even know I was on the team. He was just keeping up to date with, oh my. with my high school because I was his his nephew's son, and he That's so cared nice. about it. We had and a literally room. on his on his uh, deathbed. He had uh, he had cancer. Um, it was me and my brothers, and he like he was like Michael. I just want to say I'm sorry. And we were all like, "What is he talking about?" And we were like, "What?" We said like, "What do you what do you mean?" And he was like, "I I saw that Oak Forest lost in football yesterday." <laughs> <laughs> and that's like one of the funniest sweetest moments of my life that even on his deathbed he was keeping up with the Oak Forest Bengals we um my school was not very good at any sports I got there right when cross country went from quite good to quite bad so uh-huh. I became the best person on the team because I was middling yeah but everyone else was bad um except for our show choir which I was in I was gonna say what was, like, uh, the choir? Because you were also in musicals and stuff. I was in what? You were in musicals and stuff, right? Yeah, the whole thing was... Um, musicals you know, are spring? Fall. fall. Uh, plays, I thought... I, at my high school, plays were fall. Play, plays were spring. Musicals were all in, like, late November, I think. Okay. Maybe December, January. Got it. But... Um, uh, we had a huge choir booster program that also did all the musical theater and the theater because yeah. I think at a certain point the school started getting really annoyed that all of the money was coming from a third party, but it was just dedicated to like one thing. So they started to cut away other arts, which uh, they might have done anyway, but they started doing it kind of out of spite by the fact that like, fend for yourselves, you obviously can. And so. We just uh, did a lot of like very intense things for a high school musical theater program. Yeah, I've, I've heard a story about uh, someone's mother at your high school telling our friend Lara, her mom, that she had to pay if That's she wanted to get. I know. <laughs> yeah, my mom was head of the boosters for a second and she hated it. Like, she got really, really stressed. But what, you know, there's two sides to everything. I've also heard that she was kind of a monster. And she would be like, oh, this person, this person who has a full-time job 
doesn't want to come to this bake sale, they're a bad mom. Uh-huh. And it's like, it's no, they're serious. not. They're tired. They don't. They're not obligated to ever do more. Right. They do more. That's great. But I think that's something my mom had too, where they were like, if you're, I feel bad for the moms that can't volunteer, that don't volunteer. And it's like, maybe they have, maybe they have a, like an office to go to. I didn't want to say like, maybe they have work. Cause yeah. being a mom's work. I like hope that when I'm a parent, I can kind of transcend that thought. Yeah. There's something we that feels like nineties and early 2000. We're just earlier generation of that. Yeah. And hopefully they're more like, Parents are individuals too. I mean, obviously I want to participate in my kids' thing as long as whatever they do is good and entertaining. I'm not yeah. gonna show up to things if they suck. Um, yeah. Um, there's a, not planning on talking about After Sun, but uh, at least not yet. Um, there's a line in that movie where Paul Meskel says to his daughter, like, cause she's like 11 or something. He's like, hey, I want to know, I want to know about, like, the boys you're dating and, like, the drugs you're doing and stuff. And she's like, dad. And he's like, no, I'm serious. Please tell me about that stuff. I thought that was a very sweet moment, and that's sort of what I would like to be yeah, I think as a father should that day come. There's going to be a balance. The other end of the spectrum, there was, like, a story in Gross Point about that ended up being... They found out there was a mom that turned into a drug dealer for the high school. And this is when I was in, like, middle school. She was a chemistry teacher. She had cancer and had to pay for her treatments? Um, it was really, really close to that, yes. Um, no, I think she wanted to um, just be the cool mom. So it started off as, um, yeah, you can, like, smoke weed at home. Yeah, you can have parties in the basement. And it went into, Yeah, like, you can buy cocaine from me. I think it was a mix of, like, Perhaps this person has been rich their entire life and doesn't really know consequence. Mm-hmm. Maybe really wants to be the cool mom. And she just started going, like, slippery sloping down into, I'm going to go find drugs for you, <laughs> and I'm going to go find drugs for your friends. And so her, she was the Walter White, and her son was the, the Jesse Pinkman of he said their bitch story. A lot. It was, um, so yeah, I don't want to do that. Sure. <laughs> But I think that I there is a I do good... want you to do that. What? I kind of do want you to do that. Of course you would. It would make a good story <laughs> and be fun to watch from the outside. Yeah. Um, but, like, yeah. You'd... Breaking Brad. <laughs> hey, that's a pretty good joke. Uh, nicely punctuated by me making that shot. It was. I didn't laugh. <laughs> yeah, I know you didn't. <laughs> you probably never heard it before, though. No, I haven't. Um... All these kids are watching me sink, sink none of them. Hey, that's okay. I feel fine about it. Good. This whole sort of thing is very exposing yeah, uh, it really is. to look in such a goofy way in a public space, not knowing who might show up and who might not. Yeah. Uh, the court was empty at the beginning until like very quickly into it. But who cares? Public basketball parks? Just part of what happens here. It's true. Um, you want to play a game of basketball? Yeah. Yeah, make a shot. There you go. Perfect. 
since it's my show, you get to uh, start. We, we play uh, make it, take it. So if you make the shot, you get to keep the ball. Yeah. Uh, threes are twos. Twos are ones. Okay. Uh, what do we play to? We played to ten. Okay. And there's no, like, you don't have to win by a certain amount or anything. Okay. Um, and, of course, we're going to talk about uh, first cow. First cow. Um, first cow. What is... Uh, territories. What's your history with this film? Um, do I start from... I start from here? Yeah. Okay. Um, so... Okay. <laughs> um, Good beginning. I saw this... Actually, when I, when I picked this movie, I didn't... I realized way after the fact that it, it is probably by far out of the list that you sent me, like, the most impactful. Yeah. It's the last movie I saw pre-pandemic. Me in too. In theater. Me too. Um, Where'd you see it? Angelica. Okay. Lincoln Square. Oh, okay. Um, so I was with a friend, and um, we saw it. I remember walking outside, and we had a conversation about about um, uh, how we had, like, lockdown travel from a couple, I think, European countries at that point. Mm-hmm. But it was kind of one of the first times when it felt in any way partially serious. We went to a bar afterward, and the bartender was freaking out. Like, rightly so, but no one there was, like, understood why. And I think that might have been the last event as well. That, Because uh... that was a weekend, and then I think I probably stopped going outside late the next week or something. Yeah. It was, like, mid, early mid-March. Yeah, that was the... That was, like, the weekend I started my now former job. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, I started it, like, that Friday. Um, but, yeah, this is, like, I saw it in theaters with Melissa. Uh, and um, this podcast is brought to you by the Metro. Oh! As I make a one-pointer, one-nothing me. Perfect way to, to score a ride. Across the country, across the suburbs of Chicago. Um, good ticket. Um, yeah, I remember being on the MTA and them being like, do not touch your face. <laughs> Wash your hands, please. And at some point, I just went uh, to pause real quick. I went like ugh, on the train on accident. And Melissa was like, you're not supposed to do that. Yeah. And I rubbed my hand in her face and she laughed and we all laughed at how silly the whole thing was. How things change. And like two days too. Um, the other thing was the reason I wanted to see it. Nope. Is um because of William Tyler scored it. Sure, the score is really beautiful. And Who's William Tyler? What's he done? So I found Please he does like. Harrison? He was uh, a guitarist with um, Silver Jews at one point, I think. Uh, um, one of my favorite bands who I, like... I, they're truly one of my favorite bands that I always... Uh, I don't know, like, any song titles except for Random Rules. And when I listen to them, I'm like, wow, this guy's a genius, but I don't remember any, anything of it. Or I know think anybody I'm kind else of similar, to be totally honest. Um, but William Tyler was in the band. Yes, he doesn't sing. He just plays instrumentals now, sure. like his solo stuff. And it's kind of... Um, it's very melodic sometimes... Um, sometimes psychedelic. Um, a lot of his stuff kind of sounds like 
Willie Nelson could just slide in and start singing over the top of it. That's cool. Um, and yeah, I've <laughs> he lives in I think Nashville, but he's part of like the whole this whole American primitive folk instrumental thing with like Steve Gunn and others. And Steve Gunn lives in Brooklyn, and he for a while had a regular like jam concert where people in the scene, including William Tyler, would fly in and just kind of play jam sessions at Union Pool together. That's cool. That's a good venue. Very interesting venue, I guess. Yeah, it's funny because it's like a hookup spot for young people in Brooklyn. It's like where you go in your early, mid-20s to hook up, but the back is like... Oh, wait, that's fine. Yeah, it's your one. The back is uh, uh, actually a good music venue that's got like punk bands and... Like, I saw Bitchin' Bajas there. Um, I saw Advanced Bass there. You saw who? Advanced Bass. What's that? Good band. Okay. Chicago guy, actually. Um, and I also, the opener was like the guy from Teenage Halloween, or the person from Teenage Halloween, if you know that band. So, so. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, the score in First Cow is beautiful. Yeah. Uh, the sound, all the sound is honestly. Yes. Um, Very nice. I, I pretty religiously listened to him the year prior to the pandemic, and then, like a lot of people, got really into instrumental and ambient stuff during <laughs> yeah. the pandemic, and he's tangential to all that. Yeah. So, probably one of my most listened to artists of all time. And of all time? Well, no, sorry, of the last few, of the last few years. Of, like, current Brad, I think. Um, and so that's why I needed to go. Sure. And it was a good movie. I, uh, yeah, I think, honestly, Melissa is a big cow person. Uh, Woo! Hey! Two points. It's a two-one. Yeah. Um, oof. I just got that ball going way over the roof. Um, it's two-one. You, uh, Melissa's a big cow person, uh, so I think we just kind of wanted to, kind of wanted to see the movie about the cow, but we watched some Kelly Records other movies before, and, uh, I don't know, I really like her, I really like her work. It's really interesting because it feels like it was hinting at the theme of my next two years. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you're going to be sitting and looking at like nature from a distance sure and you're gonna be quiet and you're gonna listen to like field recordings and you're gonna try to just be as chill as possible yeah and not be exciting yeah i'm surprised i didn't rewatch it during the pandemic i think it would have been really soothing i think this is my third or fourth watch of it um i definitely like when it was available to rent we rented it um hey three you on uh but yeah, I, I just, uh, it was also like, I think this was the first A24 movie to come out. It was like, it was banger after bang. It was like Midsummer, Lighthouse, Uncut Gems, First Cow. Like, oh, really? Like, it was like, if not that, very, very close to it. Maybe there, oh, like, Last Black Man in San Francisco, I think yeah. might have been in between there. It's uh, a good streak. Yeah. In like, that's when not, they sort of like, got what, their. Two or three years? One year. One year? All those movies came out in 2019. Oh, my God. Uh, 
2019 was this was a blessed year in a lot of it respects. really was it gave us a lot and then it was all taken away it also feels like super rose colored glasses yeah as well i have purple colored glasses on right now i have um normal colored um, sunglasses but yeah i uh i know my friend uh fran hoffner is a big big cow head uh i think she gave it like a glowing review so i was really excited about that I really trust her taste um it's just uh man the, the beginning of the movie is cookie john majaro who is i think quietly one of the best actors seeing him in um in uh four two past lives mate really yeah, solidified he's it so a few good weeks ago he's he's also he was in a movie called called jane about uh abortion people in chicago there's like a secret underground abortion thing that's a really bad movie. That's sort of like if Remember the Titans was about abortion. Okay. Uh, and like, like pro-abortion, like not like a right, right, obviously. Uh, whatever the that one movie that's out right now that people are seeing that's like about the uh, child trafficking. It's like the number two movie in America behind Mission Impossible. Yeah. Alex um, Jones won't stop talking about it. Who won't? Alex Jones. Oh hell yeah. I, I watch. I listen to Knowledge Fight sometimes, which is couple of Chicago guys. Mm. Uh, Who? Talk. Uh, Dan and Jordan. I forget their last names. Cool. That's fine. Um, talk, Michael watch, Jordan? What? Michael Jordan? Michael Jordan and uh, Bob, Bobby Dan. <laughs> wow. I don't know anyone with Dan as their last name. I'm sure I could think of it. Jeff Daniels. <laughs> oh. oh, my God. Camera blow up. I need to get... I need a hat. <laughs> But yeah, yeah. Uh, John Majaro. Uh, yeah, he's in Call Jane. He plays a Chicagoan in it. Um, and it's really sweet to hear him do a Chicago accent. It's not a good movie, but he's the best part in it. I think he needs to be in more stuff. But I, I watched a interview with him. Um, Fran interviewed him, and it's good. Re- recommend checking it out. I'll check that out. Um, I watched a couple interviews with him after this movie, and he seems really nice, but also intentional. He's like, I don't think I'm going to become a movie star. Yeah. But I keep getting asked to do very interesting things that I really appreciate. Yes. And he seems to take it quite seriously. He's like, I don't know. There's, he's in, Kelly Riker had a new movie come out this year. Which I can't remember how it, what it's called. Oh, yeah, he's in a new Kelly, no. Yeah. Yes, he's digging a hole in, a, in the trailer. Yes. That's all I remember. Uh... He's really good in that. My letterbox review for that was that in my theater at the end, every, like once he came or once he came on screen in the movie, everybody was like, "Yeah, really?" Uh, which isn't true. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and they didn't sit down until the end. Uh, five two. Um, I thought you got another one. Uh-oh. Was it a three that I made earlier? In which case, yes, maybe. you did. You, so you have three. I, I'll say two. Um, but yeah, John, uh, Johnny Boy's a, a cook for, yeah. uh, what are they? Some, they're fur trappers, fur, fur trappers. Cause they were asking me if he did a gold, was there for the gold. Yeah. And I wasn't he said, sure no, was... we have a trapping share. Mm. So they're trapping, they're trapping fur, uh, and And, uh, 
they very all the other guys are very macho men who don't like them. Remind me of me in high school, kind of. Uh, and he uh, runs into a naked Chinese man in the. Why do you think he's naked? Uh, the Russians, I think, like stripped him to humiliate him. Okay. Because he says that. The Russians, like, gutted his friend. Oh, right. So he killed one of the Russians. You think he was going to get gutted, too, or something? Yeah, I think okay. so. Don't want to ruin his clothes. Uh, they probably took his, their, his clothes for themselves, honestly, given yep. the timer, or the time period. Um, yeah. yeah, Cookie uh, There's that out, King Lou. Yeah. There's a really nice moment before he sees King Lou where he's foraging for mushrooms and he sees like, like a salamander on its back. Mm-hmm. And he, he pauses and he picks it up and you think he's going to pick it up and like to eat it because it's not, not moving, so you would assume right. it's dead. But he just flips it over and it crawls away. Which is like such a moment of, just so you know, this character, at least right now, is just wholly good. Yeah, they, they really like right away, they're like, this is a good, a good guy. This is a selfless man. It's a very subtle and quiet movie. Um, sometimes I wonder to the detriment of it. Um, but Cookie's a cook. That's his little nickname. Yeah. What's his real name? Something Figowitz. Um, they just call him Mr. Figowitz. But yeah, I don't know his, his first name. Yeah. Um, then they get into town at the nearest um, the nearest town, which I assume they were like a couple days from in the beginning. Yeah, I think I say two, there were two days, two day hike. And they or the rush because the Russians find their group and are like, "There's a murderer among you." Yeah. While Cook, uh, no, King Lou's not sleeping with them yet, but no, he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he finds him that first night. Yeah. They're all asleep already. And he says, you can sleep in my tent. Um, I don't know if you ever see the Russians, or maybe you do. But You just hear them. Or maybe you see one of them. Yeah, and the then the, afterward, they're like, the Russians told us yeah. X, Y, Z. But then they get in, and yeah, they say, King Lou, a guy is, a murderer is around. And then mm-hmm. you see that King Lou is kind of hitching a ride with them in the yeah, wagon. secretly, a very funny little moment. Um, a few days go by. They assumedly have ditched Cookie yeah, at well, they the say fort. Because they don't like him because he's... Two. Because um, they, they just don't like him. Cause yeah, because he's, he's just like a, he's a nice, like, calm, quiet boy, and they're like big brutes who trap fur, and they think he's not really worth anything. Yeah. All he does is, like, find mushrooms for them to eat, and they don't want mushrooms every day, but yeah. that's, like, all he can find, he's doing his best. Yeah. I also, like... I don't think you ever see him kill any animals, or, like, trap any animals. No, but they do. he probably doesn't want to. King Lou does. There's a point where yeah. you see King Lou picking up squirrels, I think. Yes. Um, but I don't think Cookie ever... Or even does meat. No. Like, he might be eating meat, but I don't think now. he ever, you ever watch him cook meat. Yeah. Um, so he buys boots. There's that fun scene where he's walking through, well, series of scenes when he's walking through the fort and everyone's looking at his boots and then they sh- you show him <laughs> putting dirt, putting on, dirt his boots on it and then covering them up. Which kind of reinforces that this is a time that's not for Cookie because <laughs> right. the world is harsher than he is. Um, and then he runs into... Here go. Six, three. There's Six, a bar brawl because people are being mean to each other. And Cookie well, is Well, one guy is being mean to one other guy. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Uh, and he deserves to get his ass kicked. And Cookie's put in charge of a baby. Um, while the while the brawl is happening, yeah, everybody leaves the bar except for him, and then King Lou's also in there. I also love the 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 fact that the guy who had the baby just like inherently trusts Cookie with his baby. Yeah. It was a funny moment. It was also kind of. It's interesting because it definitely portrays King Lou as like more self-serving than Cookie is, but yeah. not necessarily a bad guy. Right. But when they're alone in the bar, well, part of me kind of thinks of King Lou as the villain of this movie. I kind of, he's like the friend who's the yeah. one pushing you to do dangerous stuff, yeah. and then the exciting <laughs> option happens because he's trying to do right. dangerous stuff. He's, he's really trying to help Cookie exist in this world that he doesn't really belong in, but I think that if he doesn't sort of like make Cookie be brave and do all the stuff later in the movie, it's that interesting. Cookie and him probably wouldn't uh, have died. Spoiler. There was a part of me that was like, maybe he feels the need to do that because he's been around the world. He's also an outsider by way of um, being a Chinese immigrant. Yeah. Um, and there probably is a part of that, but also they kind of go through a lot of pains to show that there's like the most mixed bag in the world in this yes. area. Um, still the white people rule all, but there's like right. an Alaskan guy there, like Inuit. There's like... Yeah, there's that, there's that line where... Because they're like, oh, yeah, the guy, uh, uh, it's right around the, the fight, but they're like, oh, uh, Chief Factor's getting a cow. Uh, and they're like, oh, yeah, well, cows don't really belong in this part of the land. And some guy's like, I guess white men don't either, huh? Yeah. That's uh, true. So it is kind of like everyone is an outsider, but especially right. those two. Yes. And... And it never feels like King Lou's taking advantage of Cookie. It's just like... It's just, he's a person who's constantly doing business schemes. Yes. He, that's how he started off by being like, we think we can make some money off this. And yeah. I do feel like silly having a Patreon for this. Like, to try to make money off of something that's inherently goofy and fun. Uh, Grind never stops. That's so true. Seven, three? Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, okay, so, oh, the last point is, it kind of solidifies his thing, besides even the fact that he killed a guy and, like, was taking advantage. Because <laughs> yeah. um, it also puts you in a little bit in their context of do you trust this guy in the beginning? Yes. Um, and then Cookie does unconditionally. Yeah. Or it seems. Um, but then when they're in the bar, he's like, leave the kid. He's like, the ba <laughs> yeah. it's a baby and no one's here. He's like, no, he'll be fine. Yeah. You're going to be fine, right? Uh-huh. And they leave a fine. baby in a crib in an empty bar. Yes. Which we've all probably been there. Which kind of made me skeptical of King Lou <laughs> yeah. as well. He's he's uh oh, wait. he's definitely like Cookie's flaw. <laughs> yes. Um. I feel like Cookie's flaw would be a good band name. Um. So yeah, they, this is like Cookie and King Lou try to get to know each other, and they're. Uh, He's like, I'm, I was a baker in Boston, right? Yep. Um, no, Baltimore? No, no, yeah, he was a baker it's in seven, Boston, five. but he's from Baltimore. Boston. Yeah. Or Mar He's from Maryland. He went to Boston, then he came up yeah. across country. Sort of a man without a home. 
Um, but yeah, he's like, I, I bake, and he makes them, uh, like, a, a scone. Yeah, or a, a, bi a biscuit or something, and he's like, I wish I had, I had more ingredients than just water and flour. And this and is, salt. during, like, a montage of the two of them, he walks past the cows so he knows where it is. Yeah. So he decide one night. I did, uh, for Melissa's birthday, buy a cameo from that cow. Did sure. you really? Yeah. How much was it? It was like, I don't remember. Somewhere between $5 and $20. Yeah. Something either appropriate or a little too much. Yeah. But worth it for a, a super fan of, yeah. uh, I for, forget what the cow's name is in real life and in the movie. I don't even know if they give the cow the name. Of the... I don't think they give the name, the cow name in the movie. Ooh, seven, six. Ah! Um, so they make it. They have this moment where King Lou's eyes light up. He's like, here's a money-making opportunity. Yeah. They go out for the first time, and they sell, like, literally four or something. <laughs> uh -huh. They only bring, like, four to sell. And everybody fucking loves it. Um, because uh, well, they, well, first, we have to mention that he goes to the cow and milks it to get milk for this. Right, in the middle thing. of the night. And he, the best part of the entire movie is him, he's milking the cow, he's talking to it very sweetly, and he's like, sorry to hear that your husband and kid died. Yeah. Uh, like, you're In doing great, though. Like, you're so, you're so good. Yeah. Thank you for giving me your milk. Yes. Uh, it's very respectful. Yeah. And I, it was my letterbox review for this movie back when it came out, but I feel like every carton of milk should have a picture of the guy who milked the cow <laughs> and the conversation that he had with it. Here's your milking team. It's the cow and the, and the guy with his arm around it. It's the only ethical way to consume milk, honestly. Yeah. The uh, worker and the... Well, both are workers, I guess. Yeah, it's true. And also, I did realize this time that first cow is kind of a, a double entendre. And that it's like a cash cow. Like, the first thing that's, that can make them some money. That's true. Um, oh. 7-7. Seven, seven. Um... I remember, I can like hear in my head the sound that, that the, one of the prospectors makes when he has one. He's like, good lord, give <laughs> yeah. me another. Yeah, that guy's good. There's <laughs> also the guy who plays uh, Squib, I think, or something, in uh, Train Spotting. That guy? Yeah, the really tall, lanky guy. Yes. Uh, in Train Spotting, he's like the Scottish one in this yeah. Uh Really good. Really good. Ooh. Uh, eight, seven? Yeah. Um, yeah, he's really good in train siding, really good in this movie, unsurprisingly. Um, but yeah, so once they get the milk, they make oily cakes. Oily cakes. Don't sound good. Uh, they look really good. They look good. It's just like, it looks I like fried dough. Fried dough balls. Yeah. That, that's just a funnel With cake. honey drizzled over it yeah. and some cinnamon on it. Funnel cake balls. Um, and uh, this is something I didn't, again, didn't realize until like my third uh, watch through. Uh, which is that in the line for, like, the first long line they have for the cakes, there's a guy at the front of the line, like a little dweeby guy, and uh, a guy cuts him in line and takes the 
thing. And he's and it holds on him being really sad. Mm -hmm. they, and then King Lou's like, sorry guys, we'll be back tomorrow. But it doesn't even show him. It doesn't cut to him. Oh, it stays game. on the kid. <laughs> I think that was a three. I think two. it was. Nice. There you go. I mean. Oh, you're done. Yeah, I guess so. You won. I think I just hit a three. So I guess. I, uh, I feel satisfied with my performance. Yeah? Yeah. I think you should. That was, a, that was a fun game. I really had to, I feel like, turn it on. Um, I usually get down on myself when I'm down a few points. I haven't won, and I'm on a losing streak as of this recording. Uh, but you're a worthy opponent. Thank you. Um, wow. So, yeah, I just uh, surprisingly and in quick fashion won the game. We got Brad down here on the floor. For anybody subscribing at patreon.com slash movie screen, this is a real cash cow for me. Uh, drawing what I... I think appears to be the beginnings of a cow, but I could be wrong. I'm trying to... Doing that thing where people who aren't good at drawing are like, you know, I'm going to put way more detail in than I normally would. Uh -huh. It's not going to... It might not work out. Yeah, I sure. forget how cow ears go. Yeah, they're... They're a little goofy. Right. Well, it's done Goose really, My dog Goose really reminds me of a cow. Um, and now it's the part of the show where we uh, play... As I said earlier, not pig and, and not horse, but cow. Uh, we're going to shoot some some little fun shots, and if I make a shot and you miss it, you get a letter, and vice versa, and we play till one of us has a cow. All That's right. just how it sort of goes. That's the way the sport is played. I don't make up the rules. I do enforce them. Is that good? Uh, yes, it's very good. It's a perfectly drawn cow. Um, Low contrast low contrast and uh for my first shot it's going right here to what i think of as my sweet spot but i really never hit a shot during an actual game from here. okay um and i miss it um anyway so we're as on we were saying before the game was finished there's that little dweeby guy who's mad that he gets cut in line king lou says they'll come back tomorrow i don't know how long they're selling stuff yeah, I it's know. It's not it, clear how long they're successful. It, for. It, yeah, the, the, it cuts and it doesn't. You can't really tell. It seems to imply. Well, the cow got there two months ago. We know that by the end of the film. Okay. They say that, but I yeah, they, that. They, you you see them milking the cow maybe three times. Yeah. So maybe they did Each it. Each time as sweet as the next, except for the last one where they get caught. Yeah. Um. One thing I noticed that kid is the like underling of the Scottish guy. He's yes. working for Major Factor. Yes, and he's, uh, it's implied he's the one who kills them. Yes. Uh, at the end of the movie. Yeah. So, but you don't really see it. I think it's, I think that part's maybe a little too subtle. Yeah, and we can, uh, also we didn't mention that the movie begins with uh, Alia Shawcat in modern times. Yes. Walking with her dog in the forest, which I assume is Kelly Reichert's actual dog. It and might she be. finds uh, a skeleton and like digs it out, and it's two skeletons next, laying next to each other. Yeah, the um, in researching this afterward a little bit, there's the writer I forget his name that John uh, Raymond. John Richmond. Right. He, that he's no, worked John with Raymond. Kelly Reichardt a few times, but this is a story that he wrote. Yes. That has that's apparently way more expansive, and there's two parallel storylines, mm. and so this is kind of a hat tip to that. Yeah is he that there is a modern storyline and a, and a mm -hmm. past storyline, and they intersect a little bit, and so we just get a little bit of that on either end. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, he's, uh, 
He's an interesting writer. He, he writes, like, all of her stuff. I don't know if he wrote this most recent one. I feel like he had to. So this most recent one's, like, a comedy. Uh, I don't know if you've seen Old Joy. That's, like, that's no, her movie that's in the Criterion. To. That's one of her two movies that are in the Criterion collection, and that's scored by Yola Tango oh, and cool. stars Bonnie Prince Billy. Oh, really? Uh-huh. That's cool. Um, you missed that shot, right? Yeah, I did. I'm going to stand right here, and I'm going to throw it with my left hand. Miss it. Uh, okay, I'm going to do an under with my right hand. Uh-huh. Uh, layup. Okay. Nice. Um... Yeah, Old Joy is very good. I really like it. Might be my favorite. Actually, I think Wendy and Lucy is my favorite. C for me. Ho! Uh, which is like a horror movie about uh, Michelle Williams losing her dog. Um, not a literal horror movie, but it is very horrific. And, uh, but yeah, so, nice. Um, their, their oily cake business is a success enough that Chief Factor uh, wants to try it, and he does. And it's uh, what's his name, Toby. Toby Jones. Toby Jones, and he's he's good, interesting-looking man. I taste London um, in this yeah, cake. Yeah, he tastes London in his cake. It reminds him of home to the point where he's like, "Who taught you how to bake?" I think to be like, "Is it the guy I know from my bake shop?" I see. Oh, and uh, it's not. Uh, and no. try to go from <laughs> uh, but yeah he's like okay so I have this like American guy coming in who says that we have no food good food in this part of the country can you make some oily cakes for a clafouti that's right which uh, again shout out Melissa she made a clafouti during the pandemic was it good? Um, it was vegan, and it wasn't as good as I think either of us were hoping because we never made it again. But it was, uh, it was not bad. It was, it was I, pretty good. And a it was friend also... of mine made one for me, not for me, but for the house, unrelated to cl- the first cow actually. Also during the pandemic, and it was also less good than I wanted it to be. Yeah. It looks like it could be really good. It's kind of just like light custardy dough around berries. Yeah. It's and the like dough itself a, isn't doing much. It's mostly the berries. Yeah. It's like kind of like a a blueberry muffin but flat and uh, yeah. circular. Like a frittata but without yeah. eggs. Yes. <laughs> and with fruit. Um, the, he's, so they have to go to Chief Factor's house and present him with the stuff made from milk with his cow and they're worried about it. And this is de- this is right before there's a short scene where they're like, "This is too much to keep in the house. We need to hide it in a tree, all the money." And then they're like, "Then he was like, we should we should stop. It's getting dangerous." Um, and King Lou's like, "We're almost there. We can move to like California yeah. or something and start a bakery." But there's too much of a opportunity right now because there's no cows around yeah. here yet. So Cookie's like, "We should stop," and King Lou. It's like, like, let's let's keep keep going, going, because we can still make money. Although, just before, like, the, they get the milk again. Yeah. 
he's making the clafouti and King Lou's talking to him, and that's the first time that King Lou's like, hey, it's getting kind of dangerous. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Cookie's like, we can't say no now. <laughs> we already said yes. It's right. like literally the perfectly wrong moment to be like, maybe we should stop. Yeah. Um, it was a little, it's a little bit much of a trope of like, we're in too deep the moment that they're in yes. too deep. Um, and then we have the, the tea time thing. Yeah, and they have tea, uh, which features, uh, uh, I wish, I wish it featured the Metra. Uh, I, w- I wish that they sort of explored uh, ways to get from uh, Chicago to the suburbs. I wish that they kind of explored uh, the way to, one way to travel around the Chicagoland area. I wish they sort of took a break from the Pacific Northwest stuff and just sort of talked about the Metro, but they didn't. Um, that would have been great. Instead, they have tea at Chief Factor's house, and one of the actors there is Lily Gladstone, who is uh, in Certain Women, Kelly Reichert's yeah. like, movie. Uh, she's so fucking good in that. Uh, even if you don't like that movie, uh, you will like her performance in it. And she is starring in Killers of the Flower Moon. Uh, oh. Alongside Leonardo DiCaprio, directed by Martin Scorsese, and she is going to win an Oscar for that performance. I'm calling it right now as I throw the ball against the wall, and as it comes back, I sort of catch it, and then I make a shot, and I don't make it. Well, that's um, a good idea, so I'm going to do something similar. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Uh, that shouldn't have worked. That should not have worked. Ah, a cow. I got a cow. First cow for me. Nice. Um, congratulations on winning that. We still got some movie to talk about, so we yeah. can still just shoot around, I guess. Yeah. Uh, we're kind of right near the end. Uh, Lily Gladstone, really great, has like a sweet little moment, uh, like two lines in this movie. She's a translator uh, for... The Native Americans. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, they bring the food and the general's impressed. And Chief Factor's happy. I don't think they even eat it. I think they just show it to them. Mm. He says it's good. And then they're like, you want to go look at the cow? Right. Yeah, and then they go look at the cow. Yeah. And Cookie is very clearly has a bond with the cow. Because the cow's trying to, like, nuzzle him. Yeah. It's, it's so sweet. And the general or whatever is clocking that mm-hmm. it's yeah. a that's kind of a funny moment as well as a scary moment yes because he's just like <laughs> he's trying to push yeah he's, he's making eye contact with a guy as it just being like i would say he could like if he played it cool and like pet the cow i think it would have been less obvious that he the entire time and i know this is not how movies go like the point of movies is not that the characters think ahead so much otherwise there's not conflict right um but I kept being like, okay, you're stealing from this guy. When he asked you for a clafouti, when you meet him for the first time, go, hey, I heard you have a cow. I think my baked goods would be better if they had some milk. Right. Could you cut us in? And it's yeah. like, you'd be making less profit, but you'd be able to transition from illegal to legal. Yes. There are certain, that is one, that, this movie is not necessarily one where I like blame, like, and like they, they should have did that, but there are like, that movie with Julie Louis-Dreyfus that came out this year, You Hurt My Feelings, Yeah, I think that movie is 
not great. I think it has some funny moments, but the whole movie, I was like, all you have to do is tell your husband that he hurt your feelings. Yes. That's the title of the movie. Yeah. Just say it. Uh, and it's one of those things like, yeah, but then there wouldn't be a movie. I watched um, Love is Blind with my partner, and only one of the seasons, because I couldn't keep doing it. I like, yeah. the reality TV is fun, but just like the amount of things that they would argue over after they were ostensibly trying to get married and stuff like that, it's yeah. just like, just say <laughs> you don't like that. Yeah. Uh, and like, I the can't amount watch of, reality TV for that. The amount of just like back and forth or just like holding things in or being like, you said this to me, yeah. and it's like, this is not how relationships no. go. She was like, it's not fun to watch with you because <laughs> you keep complaining about how not emotionally intelligent these people yes. are. That, that would be like, I don't think I ever wa I've ever watched a reality show. Oh, no, I guess I did watch a reality show with my uh, last girlfriend, but I would just sort of not pay attention because I did not want to be annoyed. Yeah. And then she would tell me about it, and I would go, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> uh, you know, like a bad boyfriend, maybe. Um, so end of the movie. Yeah. They go home. Do they decide to do it one more time for some reason? They... Why do they... Why They're out there again. Yeah, I think... I think just to make... Just more, keep going? Yeah, I think... Because they're like, oh, we don't have... I think that's when they're like, we still don't have enough. We have to do, like, one more batch. Yeah. And they get try to get milk, and there's a cat that runs out of the house, yep. and a guy, one of the guys in the house, like, tries to get it back in, and that scares... Or King Lou is in the tree and not he's, making a good he's doing hoot sound. Yeah. Oh, he's going like hoo hoo. Yeah. And not loud enough. And then the tree branch breaks. And the tree branch breaks, and that's what gets the attention. Not the he if they he didn't like try to hoot or whatever. I think they would probably would have been fine. Yeah. He didn't shift his weight, remained calm. The vibrations of the hooting was yeah was making the tree branch fall. So they get caught and they run away because they see the stool and the. Tipped mm -hmm. over pail of milk, and he goes Figowitz. Figowitz. Yeah, like a like he's the dean in a college movie, and, um, uh, which I guess he kind of is. Yes. In a way, this is like the the frat that no one wants. Yeah, uh, it really against is. This is the, the dean. Revenge of the nerds, but not <laughs> Revenge of the cow. Um, Revenge of the milkers. They get to a cliff, and King Lou jumps into the water and starts swimming across. Figowitz is afraid Which of it. we also see when he's naked earlier, he swims across the river. Right. So that's like, we know so he's he can, a, he can We know he's it. a swimmer. Um, but Cookie runs away and trips and hits his head on a rock. Before that, he's hiding against a th uh, oh, yeah. like a thing, and you see the people going past him, like mm -hmm. essentially exactly like in Fellowship of the Ring, sure. with the ring wraiths, which I think probably was the reference. Yeah. Um, Maybe. He's, he's Frodo in the situation. Sure. Um, I don't watch that nerdy stuff. Um... Because at one point, Major Factor was like, ah, yeah! there's the, <laughs> the ring rate scream. Is he in, uh, is Toby? No, but he Jones. has a face like he'd be in a fantasy thing. Yeah. He seems like he's in every spy, Cold War spy movie. Mm, yeah, sure. Because he's in Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, isn't sure. he? Sure. Um, uh, there is, uh, my friends, uh, Back when I used to run a show here called the Arts and Culture Club, uh, we would have like a weekly improv team, and my friends 
David Brown, who's on jury duty. Uh, Which one? Uh, the He's the one that didn't know what was happening? The techie guy. That's uh, him? Yeah. That's fun. Uh, I love that character. Yeah, he's great. One of the great comedy people. Uh, is David Brown, uh, Luke Taylor, Wyatt Fair, and Megan Stalter. And they called their team, uh, their improv team, uh, David Taylor Stalter Y. <laughs> <laughs> For Tinker Taylor Stalter side. That's good. Um, which I think was something that maybe me... I don't think Megan ever understood it, and I don't think anybody besides they, the three guys were in a group called the Shrimp Boys. Um, and I think that us four were like the four who <laughs> understood it. Or maybe everybody understood it and just didn't think it was as funny as the three of them and me. Um, but yeah, anyway, Cookie, Cookie Chips hits his head in a rock. Sort of a classic thing to happen when running away. Yep. And... Uh, you get a lot of scenes of watching um, a Native American man do what kind of looks like Tai Chi, but yeah. it's probably something else. And it's all foggy because that's what Cookie's kind of seeing. It's his point of view, and I'm yeah. kind of interested in what that means. Like, I don't really have concussion. Any... No, I mean, I'm kind of interested in what him seeing the, yeah. the Native American doing that. It feels like it's supposed to be like a healing thing, but I don't know if that's... Yeah. Accurate or, or Yeah, what. you see blurry and then through a window with like Yeah, it's a cool shot. Moving curtains. Cinematography in this movie is really, really great. Yeah. Um He's like, I need to find my friend. No one says anything to him, no one responds to him. Yeah. He goes out he wakes up in the middle of the night, he, goes they outside probably don't understand English, and sees a bunch of CGI wolves. Uh-huh. And is like, Nope. And he, yeah, and he goes, Those are computer generated. Yeah. I don't even understand <laughs> this. Um he does the old Simpson meme where he goes out and he comes back in uh -huh. immediately. Goes back to bed. Um, the entire time... Oh, while this is happening, King Lou pays a guy all of the buttons on his coat to go down river in a canoe. Yeah, Native American speaking very broken uh, whatever language it is. Yes. Whatever. Uh, and it seems like it's accurate. Um, I think it is because... Well, it feels like it would be because they yeah. said that that area of Oregon, they didn't have much, like, records. And anything's possible. Anything is. Um, they had, they, I think they, like, got approval from um, a few indigenous cultural organizations in the area, which is yeah. where they got a majority of their research yeah. from. So it That's probably feels as accurate as they could have gotten similar it. Similar to... Killers of the Flower Moon, it seems like. Because a lot of a her lot movies of, are all in that area, right? Yeah, a lot of tribe, uh, a lot of tribe input, which is good. Uh, also, I am wearing my Seattle Mariners uh, jersey uh, because of this movie takes place in the Pacific Northwest, and I'm also wearing my fashion brand shorts that say "Businesswoman" Business uh, in in uh, collaboration with. Uh, the oily cake boys and their business. Yeah, that's pretty good. Um, yeah, I guess you could say part of it is the American dream. American dream. It's yeah. funny because when and I like, like heard people reviewing it, they talk about that, and it's like I think I'm anti-capitalist enough where I kind of didn't want to think about that. Part. Yeah, it definitely is. I think a big like anti-capitalist movie. Yeah. Because um, he doesn't it's, need to it's make money. Sweet and friends and 
they also talk a lot about like how if you're privileged at like in life it's easier for you to succeed yes or at the beginning you know it's really hard to start from nothing which both of them do yeah and uh yeah they they end up finding each other cookies in bad shape king lou uh yeah, Cookie has a very bad concussion still. Yeah. King Lou's walking him through. They're, they see, at a certain point, the, the guys with guns who are trying to find them. There's a uh, quick shot. They, they, they get away from him, and they like go in a different direction, and there's a quick shot where that small kid who didn't get an oily cake at the beginning is, sees them. Yeah, is watching. And starts following them. And that's the last time you see him, but that's like the implication is he probably killed them because he knows where they're going. Yeah, and they also did not give him an oily cake. Yeah. And he's still pissed Ever. about it. That's ultimately why he's doing it. I think it truly, I think he's like really angry about it. I don't know if he would have had the strength to. Uh, if you were selling oily cakes and yeah. you saw that happen in front of you, would you, what would you do? If I saw it, I would be like, well, one, the guy who's cut in line is scary. So I don't think I would deny him that, but I'd be like, "You get a, you get." I, I'd be I like, "Hey, tomorrow. I'm sorry about that guy. I really, he scared me. Yeah. Uh, like honestly, just like come over, <laughs> like later, come on over. or like come, uh, come look tomorrow, at me like stolen milk. cut the line. I'll give it. I'll give you one, and I'll give it to you yeah. for free or something. Yeah. You're but on the guest list. Tomorrow. I don't know if either of them notice, or maybe King Lou notices, and it's just like that's capitalism for you. Yeah. Can't deny people business, can't uh, make any exceptions. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they... Cookie's like, I need to lay down. So they lay down together. They both sort of close their eyes, and then it fades to black. And you assume that as they lay down together, they're the skeletons at the beginning, because they are. And they die together. Best friends. Still poor. Forgotten by history. Uh, until... But Allie still important. Got. It's still important. It's like... One of those movies that's kind of planting them in history. Um, that's uh, that's first cow. That's the movie. It and, is. And uh, how we I try to end the show every week is uh, um, you're gonna review the movie. Yeah. Out of uh, five buckets of milk. Okay. And. Uh, while you're leading up to what you're, the number of buckets of milk you're giving this movie, I want you to try to slam dunk the basketball. Okay. Can do. Okay. Um, and I also will do uh, my review. Should yes. I do my review first, do you think? What do you think is like a... Yeah, because I just beat you, so you should have something. Yeah, but I just don't know if like it makes... It feels weird to be like, you review it, and then I review it, and then I end the show. So I feel like it makes more sense for me to do it. And, and then you to do it, it and, and then, then me. The yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, do that. Okay, so I have a special place in my heart for this movie. Okay. It's a pandemic, uh, the pre-pandemic movie I saw. It was either this or Sonic, honestly. Uh, and I am very grateful to have seen it in theaters. I didn't get to mention that an old man was coughing a lot or, like, stomping his feet a lot. He was sick, and who knows where he is now. He was stomping um, his feet because Three years he was later. Sick? Three and a half years later. Uh... And I think the movie is really good and really peaceful, uh, very sweet and tender, if not uh, patient to a fault. And 
uh, the, the score is beautiful, the cinematography is beautiful, the acting is wonderful. Uh, I mentioned John Majaro and the guy in uh, Toby Jones uh, and the guy from uh, uh, Train Spotting, but did not mention that King Lou is also very good. Hopefully, that uh, actor gets more work. His, His name, name is Orion. Yes, Orion Lee. I think. Lee, yeah. Um, and I think it's a it's a, a, a great movie, and I'm gonna give it four and a half buckets of milk. Nice. And I slam dunked it. You did. Okay. Um, I really liked the movie. Um, it really starts off like the first shot where there's like a boat going across and it takes forever to go across yeah. the frame and just sitting there. Really is like, Sets hey, sit, settle in. Mm-hmm. This is what's going to happen. And I just had a smile on my face the entire time because yeah. mostly just happy, good things were happening at a very slow pace. Yes. Um, and the conflict made sense but it, and it made me sad. But like, I don't know, the whole thing really felt like it was about trust trusting people and loving people um supporting each other kind even if it's the thing that ultimately ends yeah and i just want to make sure i I had something that was i really loved okay the quote king lou at a certain point says history isn't here yet it's coming but we got here early yep maybe we can be ready this time maybe we can take it on our own terms yep terms very good line um also, he said he has a line that really stuck out to me this time, where I think Cookie's like, "Do you really believe that?" And he pauses and goes, "I believe different things in different places." That's cool. Uh, which is, I think, true, and also shows that maybe he wouldn't be like this if he wasn't in America, in this land of uh, opportunity. Where opportunity, if you're not trying to get an opportunity, then you're not valuable. Uh, yeah, you're not valuable and not succeeding. Yeah. I think that. Ultimately, what I took away was kind of almost pretty counter King Lou's perspective. Mm-hmm. It almost very softly, the entire film is kind of being like, that's maybe not the great way to think, yeah. but it's understandable why he would. Right. Um, and I want to be like Cookie, maybe a yes. little bit more contextual awareness, but I think I want to be like Cookie yes. as often as you I can in my life. Aspire to cookie. So, and listen to William Tyler. Listen to Highway Anxiety, which is his album and the title track. Um, and I give it 4.5 stars! Hell yeah. As close to five as I could get it. And that yes. went in. Um, all right, Brad, I, I don't, you don't really have anything to plug. Um, you should plug your, since your girlfriend was on a talk show and they it, made her talk about you, I think you should plug her show. I guess that's fair, huh? <laughs> yeah, I'm sort of the, whoever the host of that talk show was. Who was it? Tamron Hall. Yeah, I'm sort of the Tamron Hall of basketball movie podcasts. Okay, um, listen to this little-known podcast called uh, Modern Love uh, from the New York Times. Um, my partner is the host. Sorry, girlfriend's incorrect. No, I don't think so. Okay. Um, and uh, it's a good show, and uh, especially the most recent season, she's trying to, like, do something new with it. So. Cool. And she mentions me sometimes. Yeah. So listen to all the podcasts. And she helped you with your outfit, which I just realized is a is an outfit. It, yeah, she chose together. it. Yeah. You buy it for this, or do you have it? I had it already. Cool. Bunnies on it. Um, I also am sorry for assuming you don't have anything to plug. Do you have anything else to plug besides um, the Metro, which is, you know, just an incredible mode of transportation. 
It is. I took it. I commuted via the metro for like a year of my life. Me too. That's how I would get downtown as a teenager. You can drink on it. Um, I want to plug just hanging out with your friends yes. and sunscreen. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, important, especially in this heat, the beautiful Mozart Park in Chicago, Illinois. Uh, I am at I am Richie Owens on everything. If you like this podcast, uh, rate it and review it. I actually just realized that there's one three-star review on the podcast, and it is from myself. I guess I accidentally pressed three. <laughs> Can you uh, uh, edit that? I, I haven't. I don't know. Okay. Maybe. Um, and um, I have an Instagram, but don't follow me. Yeah. I, you have a very kind of... It's almost a Finsta, but it's... You sort of need an original Insta to have a Finsta. I did, and then I deleted it, so I guess it just becomes an Insta. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, but yeah, if, again, if you like it, rate and review and subscribe. And if you really are listening to it and are like, wow, this is funny to hear people sort of breathing heavy and dribbling a basketball, but it'd be cool to see it. There's video footage of it at patreon.com slash moving screen, and that's a great uh, opportunity for myself to make some money, but uh, that's not what it's about. I just love talking about movies and hanging out with my friends, especially when it's beautiful outside, especially when the Amtrak Midwest is going by. Uh, Just a great, again, this is a great way to see the country. These people are probably going to uh, Wisconsin Dells, if I had to guess. Uh, But yeah, patreon.com slash moving screen. $5 $5 a month gets you video. Uh, what a good deal. And it's a pretty good deal, and uh, I have fun doing it, and I think you'd have fun watching it. But until next time, I'll uh, I'll see you on the court. Until next time, I'll be watching. And I make the shot for the listeners. Okay.